Hey, hey, Minus 3 is presented by FanDuel Sportsbook. There's no better place to make every moment more than with FanDuel. Great odds and markets for the NBA, the NHL, March Madness, and so much more. Great new and existing user promos. It's America's number one sportsbook for a multitude of reasons, including it's easy to use, it's safe and secure, you get your winnings fast. How fast? Two hours fast. And of course, it's always fun to combine multiple bets from the same game into a same game parlay. And you can discover all the best, the most popular same game parlays each day right when you log in or go to the FanDuel app. And if you're new, just download the FanDuel Sportsbook app. To get started right away, sign up with the promo code minus three. It's the word minus the number three. So they know that me and Hench and Eddie Spaghetti sent you. And, of course, with that, Eddie Spaghetti, let's start Minus 3, shall we? Minus 3 with Dave Damashek. Yes, hi and hello, sports fans. Another dull week in sp- sports action. What do you expect? It's just mid... Oh, wait. A lot of stuff is happening. Did you hear about Deshaun Watson going to the Browns? Did you hear about Tyreek Hill going to the Dolphins? March Madness. NBA, NHL playoffs, all about to roll here. Let's break them all down with Eddie Spaghetti behind the glass and our main man. A great hit over this past year for podcast listeners who like sports, including the most important sport of all, the game of life. Kevin Hench, what's the poop, fella? Oh, well, you know, I always get so excited for the tournament. Uh, you know, and this year's no exception. Um, but I want to ask you guys, have you ever in your lives finished watching a college basketball game and said, I wish they'd called that a little tighter. I, I, I wish, I wish we'd seen more free throws. Like I, it's every year I get so excited. And then every year I have to remember that there are these fucking dipshits out there determined to ruin the game. Like you can see when the big man's coming to set that ball screen you can see the guy start getting excited to call. He's like, I'm going to call foul on this motherfucker unless he's set for 11 seconds. And that'll be his third foul. And he's going to the bench and I'm going to have so much impact on this game. I mean, when that Illinois kid dunked, that technical foul on the Illinois dunk, I, what that referee needs therapy. Like what fucking happened to you? Who hurt you? Why are you blowing your fucking whistle, uh, you know, to basically – single-handedly stop the Illinois run. Uh, anyway, I love the tournament. I hate. I do football. too, but I, I. it's funny because you say, who hurt you? It's Speaking of hurt, it's like when you, it's that, I don't know, it's not a full second. Maybe it's about a half second from that moment when you bonk your toe into the corner of the wall or otherwise, and, and you have that that moment where it's like, this is about to hurt, but it hasn't started to hurt yet. Same feeling for me emotionally when a ball, when it's like the ball, I can't tell whose hand it went off, uh, off on. I'm like, I feel that emotional pain of like, this is going to be the next eight minutes of my life. Isn't it? <laughs> Watching these referees <laughs> review the play. I I, uh, I mean, it's, so, it's such a blessed relief when they get something right that I don't <laughs> mind the eight minutes. But I will say this. Okay, so this is going to come fall. When I'm when I'm losing my fucking mind at how bad the NFL officiating is, you guys can talk me down by reminding me how much worse the college basketball officiating is than everything else on the planet. Like it is, but they they 
the concept of a no call is so foreign to these guys. So in the NBA, we got these NBA playoffs coming up. going to be very exciting in the Eastern Conference. And in the NBA, the defender boxes out. He goes up to get the rebound. There's some contact. He gets, he gets bonked on the back. No effect on the play. He secures the defensive rebound. The team who should have the ball has the ball. And NBA officials let us move on with the game in our lives. College officials, no advantage gained, no bearing on me. Now, I'm not, I'm not, that, doesn't, that, doesn't, that doesn't affect my decision making. No, 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 don't worry about it. He got the rebound. We're, we're cool. We're cool. No, no, no. He, he got him in the shoulder. I, I love to hear my whistle. It's my favorite sound in the world. Like, it's like they were sent to destroy the game. Just fucking let them play. Don't don't get anyone in foul trouble. Let's not be in the double bonus with seven and a half minutes to play. Uh, that part is a colossal bummer, but all four of my teams still alive uh, to go to the final four. So excited about that. Yeah, and that's a good place to jump in here. Um, the staff here at Extra Points is engaged in a March Madness bracket. Two, and you, the listener, also involved. Too late if you didn't sign up when we uh, made the call to action. But one of you is going to win $1,000, and one of us is going to finish in last place and going to have to pick from the cap of consequences. Late noises, Megan Gailey, significantly pregnant right now. Maybe the one who has to do it. I liked Hench's idea. Hench had a good idea that he uh, texted out the other day, huh? I thought this would be fun. You know, uh, it just made me for the look on her face. Uh, no epidural. I don't know what is in the capital consequences, but then you do the, uh, you know, James Bond did this in Deliver, Let Die, where uh, Jane Seymour is going to pick a card from the tarot deck and then and then she picks it and it's the lover's. So then Roger Moore and Jane Seymour have to get down because it's the tarot deck. You can't. And then Roger Moore, sly dog, he lay, he fans the deck out as they start making out on the desk. And then all the cards are the lovers. He switched the entire deck to the lovers. Uh, probably uh, actionable. But anyway, so. Great so Coxman. I don't know. I still can't believe. Again, we can't apply old standards in 2022 or as much as people try to. But really imagine if, you know, one of the biggest movie characters going right now had uh, his next movie coming out, Octopussy. <laughs> Pussy Galore was a character's name, a for Christ's triumph. sake. Octopussy. Um, so uh, speaking of episiotomies, so mm. Megan Gailey uh, might lose this thing. She's about to pop. Uh, I just thought it'd be funny if whatever's in the cap of consequences, they they swapped in a fake cap and no epidural was every result, no matter what what she got. I I, I uh, do like that. Just for the look on her face. But now listen, the, the nice thing about Megan's poor performance through the first two rounds, because you said, hey, uh, to, to our listeners, if you haven't signed up, you're too late. You're not too late to beat Megan. You could still beat Megan with zero points going into the Sweet 16. You would be roughly tied with Megan if you if you submit your picks now. Um, 
Same thing as always. Same thing as was always true for Damashek growing up. I understood pretty early on. I'm never going to be the first pick and pick up anything, wiffle ball, basketball, or otherwise. The goal very quickly for me became just don't be the last person taken. And Megan Gailey and Marty Weiss have very quickly emerged as two people I don't have to worry about. I worry about the cap of consequence, and I took take a look around. I guess I don't have to worry that much as long as these guys are in the fold. Well, let me ask you this. Do you have a list of the staff rankings, the extra point staff rankings? I don't, and I had Kentucky winning the whole thing, so I thought, oh, I'm doomed to go for the cap of consequences in three weeks, but apparently some of our uh, some of our colleagues are doing even worse. Either way, you can go to extrapoints.com and uh, jump in on the March Prop Culture Quiz. You can win a fancy hat and beyond and, uh, and the respect – um, All I'm asking for is a fucking email with the standings because I, I, I assumed I was in the lead, but now I think I'm not in the lead. And and I sent Toby a text like, hey, man, uh, I don't want to go through 550 entries to find out where I rank with my boys and girls. I want to see like where. And then it's like still working on the algorithm. Yeah, we. this is technology from 1987. Like, I, the Valley News office pool, we could have the standings. Like, why can't I see where I rank compared to Sheck and Spaghetti in the March Madness pool? Sorry, man, still working on it. We're in a beta program right now for a list. We can't get a number and a name on the same line. Come on, man. I do think we have something to talk about here. At least head to head, you and me, Hench, and you, me, and Spaghetti, maybe we, we need to expand this into. I do want to say, um, well, Spaghetti's favorite baseball team is, of course, the New York Yankees. They're in a bit of hot water. It seems like there's a, a cloud gap. He doesn't care, Eddie Spaghetti, shrugging as we speak here. Um, I do remember, though, speaking of, you know, officiating and, and all that. You know, what was one of the great noble deeds uh, in our lifetime, about 25 years before Eddie Spaghetti was born, there was the George Brett Pintar thing. And it was a big scandal, and they suspended the game. And I remember the AL commissioner at the time, something Brown. I don't remember what his name was, but uh, surname Brown. And he said, yeah, he maybe had too much Pintar, but that's not the spirit of the rule. Every All officials right now need a little bit of that ethos as they go out onto the court or field or ice to do their job for the next three hours. Like, okay, but did it impact anything really? Is that the spirit of why that that rule exists? Keep that one in mind. We'll get to the Yankees. We'll get to Deshaun Watson. Want to get your thoughts on that? Want to get your, your opinion, Hench, on the red hot green guys in Boston, the Celtics, Woo. 27 out of their last 34. Sweet Jesus. But first, here's my question to you. With Tyreek Hill now moved from the Kansas City Chiefs to the Miami Dolphins, we can get into the larger ramifications, but let's talk about our teams first. Who's going to be worse in 2022? The Pittsburgh Steelers or the New England Patriots? Or is the answer both? They're both going to be last place teams. It's, It's funny because their seasons mirrored each other largely last year. Right. And I, I fear it's going to happen again in a much worse way. I don't – I mean, what? how would you describe the Patriots offseason? Like what, what is – Non-existent. Usual, not, yeah, typical except I mean, for last year. It was I mean, the one year they did something in free agency. Right. I mean the biggest move of the Patriots offseason was the senile coach 
texting a black guy when he thought he was texting a white guy. That this was the <laughs> this was the Patriots' big move, and like the, literally, J.C. Jackson signing for less than we thought he was going to cost. Like it's like, oh, we'll never be able to afford him. Oh, maybe we could have, but it doesn't matter because we never keep anybody. <laughs> See you later. And I mean, so so the, the Patriots. Uh, going backwards. So the Patriots are, I've lost the best player on a defense that could not make the bills punt. So you've got, you've got a defense that already can't get off the field and you've let, you've lost your only chance at getting a turnover. He's in San Diego. And I mean, Los Angeles now with the chargers. Uh, and then, and then you look at the other teams who seem to be trying and it really feels like it could come down to a late season game against the jets to see who's going to finish last in that division. It's very sad. It's very, it's almost as sad as what the Yankees have done this offseason. Well, we'll get to them. Belichick. Yeah, you're right. To, to feed into the to the conspiracy theory that he is in fact senile now. He doesn't know. He's like an old man. Hasn't heard of any of the newfangled guys. He's like my old man, really. My old man doesn't get too caught up in the here and now with who the players on the field right now are. He just harkens back to the olden days with Ted Williams and and Fred Lynn and guys like that. Sort of like Bill Belichick. Like, I don't know who any of these current cornerbacks are. Malcolm Butler? Oh, yeah, I remember him. Bring him back. You heard of the big news, right? Malcolm, <laughs> Butler. Malcolm Butler, the retiree? Just get a, <laughs> that's, just that's, get your, that's your death. No. Oh, yeah, Tyree Kill? Let me show you Malcolm Butler. But can't you just get an, un, an undrafted, free, a fresh undrafted free agent? Do you need an old undrafted free agent? Um, you know, it's funny. We we have a, a lot of prognostications like on the show that are like maybe off the cuff or whatever, but then that then definitely come true. You you especially really seem to have have your finger on the on the pulse of of the NFL. But um, how about gonna, that Devontae Adams call? Pew, 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 oh pew, 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 pew. Way, way ahead of everybody. And so I, I'm i going to go on the record here because I don't know how often it's, it's happened. When a, when a quarterback has a rookie year like Mac Jones has had, that really establishes a baseline. You're like, oh, okay, there's nowhere to go but up. Like the game's not too fast for him. He's an accurate passer. He understands the offense. So, you know, massive regressions are rare once you've cleared the that first hurdle. I, I'm predicting a, a, a sophomore slump unlike any we've ever seen as it, he's playing from behind every game. Like it's just like he's he's that the team has it's just it's atrophied. It's lost parts. It's free agent signings that that we had two off seasons ago didn't pan out. I just it, it I haven't been this this glum I wasn't even this glum when Brady left I'm I'm really down uh I mean at least you have the 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 Pickett Willis excitement you know I I you know assuming you you get one of your guys but like we've got our guy we're gonna go five and twelve with our guy this is not gonna be good yeah I mean you you are I, I are you being hyperbolic or do you really think that you know Sit five, six wins is the, the high end for the mighty New England Patriots. Because keep in mind, what you're now hinging this on is that the coaches are flops in, in with the Jets and the Dolphins you're, you and or that Zach Wilson and Tua don't turn the corner. Because if they do, 
then you're doomed. Mac Jones is fine, but Mac Jones in the AFC QB hierarchy, I don't, I mean, like, he's fine, but I think we all know exactly what Mac Jones is at this point. Mac and Jones. Who's Mac he ahead Jones. of? Who's he ahead of? Mitchell Trubisky? That's it. That's pretty much. And Davis I'll Mills? I'll say this. Mac Jones is the greatest quarterback of all time to not crack the top 10 quarterbacks of his conference. <laughs> There's never been a better quarterback <laughs> who is not in the top 10 of his conference. I mean, I just, I, I texted the list to Sal, like the list is when you, when you write it out, it's crazy how, how deep it is. Uh, and obviously we can segue into the Deshaun of it all. Um, you know, well, here's my question about that is Eddie spaghetti. Cause that's the AFC side. Are Eddie Spaghetti's Giants, just among the three of us and our rooting interests, is his team the one with the best chance of not finishing in the basement? I mean, that you could almost make a case that the the New York Giants are, are more likely to finish at least in the upper half of their division than either of our teams are. Right, Spaghetti? I, uh, I mean... I'll feel, look, Mel Kuyper put out his draft and he had the Giants at five taking Evan Neal and seven taking Kayvon Thibodeau. If that happens, like, yeah, I feel pretty good about the Giants because you're getting now, you know, you have your best player in the team was Andrew Thomas last year. You have your left tackle. Now you have your right tackle. You're leading um, sack. Your edge rusher was Aziz Ojolari, who was a rookie last year. I led the team in sacks with eight. Is now you get Kayvon Thibodeau on the other side. So now you locked in the, like two of the most important positions. And I think Dable would be good enough to just make Allen Jones kind of close enough to what his rookie year was. And I guess with the Eagles not beating a single team over 500 last year, I guess you can make the argument they could not finish fourth, but I'm not feeling too great. But I also don't think the Patriots are going to be that bad. So I'm also, um, I, I don't think this move with the Dolphins is going to change that much. Like Jalen Waddle is basically the closest thing to Tyree kill. I think giving Tyree kill close to hundred million dollars in Miami is kind of a recipe for disaster. Plus Tua was like one of the worst deep ball throwers uh, in the league last year. So I'm but not Tyreek doesn't catch that. I mean, his it's deceptive, right? Because I mean, he does catch the home run occasionally, but what he usually does is run that fucking shallow cross that even Tua can throw. And That's what everybody, and that is exactly right. The analysis, by the way, I love that the initial reaction, I can't believe this is happening. Oh no, Chiefs fans. But over the course of the day, it then there is the yeah, but crowd who pushes back at the initial reaction of like, actually, I think the Chiefs did pretty well here. And then as it goes further and further, well, two is not going to be able to make that work. And just because it worked in KC and, and by the end of the day, it's like, you know what? I don't know why the Chiefs even carried that bum to begin with. That's kind of the vibe that it's turned into already. But it's exactly right. Tyreek Hill made it. And I'm not talking. And forget about the other guys. They're they're spare parts. And it does to some degree. It did always open up Travis Kelsey as an option, too. And I think he'll be a little diminished um, as a threat without Tyreek Hill taking the top off. But but, but no matter what, what Tyreek Hill allowed the Chiefs to do the last couple of years is just ignore the running game. People people like me, like, are they able to run when they really want to? It doesn't matter because they would just throw that swing pass, that that receiver screen, and then he makes, hey, it's devastating. Like, it doesn't work every single play, but really you can consistently on first down – Take the snap, throw it over to Tyree Kill, and he'll and he'll burn the guy in front of him more often than not. That's as effective, if not more so, than the run game. I I, I don't th- these people who are trying to say like they're not going to be able to figure that out. Two is not good enough to be. Yeah, he is because he'll be able to. To your point, he'll be able to throw that that ten yard pass over to the near the sideline. And Jalen Waddle, I mean, 
they're like they're they swept the Patriots last year. Like I like they're they're already like, like this is the 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 just adding Tyreek Hill to a team that already swept the Patriots. I mean, the difference for Shaq with his team is, you know, the Jets could still conceivably be bad. Obviously, the Commanders and the Eagles are probably going to be bad. The problem with Shaq staying out of the basement, no bad teams in his division. No bad teams or maybe one bad team. Well, you forget. Okay. You forget that the Bengals are likely to fall prey. Nobody can imagine that in February and March, but reality indicates over the last couple of decades, it's pretty hard when you lose in the Super Bowl, whatever voodoo goes on and practical uh, scheduling uh, difficulties that emerge in the year after you make a Super Bowl run. Um, the the Bengals are likely to not repeat the level of success. I, I forget Super Bowl run. I'm talking regular season success. And, you know, Lamar Jackson uh, is really going to go out there and play um, without a contract after what Baker just, I'm not saying Lamar Jackson is equivalent as a football player to Bake, but he should be spooked by what you just saw the Browns do to Bake. And Lamar Jackson's much more likely to get hurt again given the way he plays. I don't know. I, I I don't know about any of those things, but Deshaun Watson on the Browns, they are uh, uh, obviously a way better football team with Deshaun Watson than they are with Baker Mayfield. But we haven't heard Hench's reaction to all of it, the morality well, of it I, and everything I gotta else. Say, Go you know, this is the part that it's just, it's, I mean, look, I mean, we've said it a million times on this podcast NFL run by monsters. I mean, just terrible human beings. So, you know, the Browns, I'd love to know what the process is where it's like, you know, you go, I mean, obviously zero thought given to actual morality, right? It's all, not one person in the organization would go, I feel bad about it. Like, does it give us a 3% better chance of winning the division that who cares what he did, right? That's, that's every fucking team. Like it's so nuts. But so I think they, they miscalculated a little bit. I don't know. I mean, I don't know what the actual repercussions can be, but so they're like, look, let's just fucking take it in the neck. Take, take however many news cycles it takes to fucking upgrade at quarterback. We'll just ride it out. Um, you know, we did our due diligence, blah, 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 blah. That's the best phrase going in football right yeah. now is due diligence. So then, All the talk about, got to do it. Got to do your due diligence. All of a sudden, this is the big catch phrase of 2022. We did our due diligence on this young man. So then, so then yeah. the contract, de- the contract details <laughs> come out. Them. The contract details come out and it's clear that what they've agreed to do essentially like, like, uh, you know, I'm enjoying the winning time, like Dr. Jerry Buss, uh, giving, uh, using the Chrysler building as part of the way he buys the Lakers, the Browns win this negotiation by going, Hey man, we know what might, might be coming down the road. We're going to pay you a million dollars in 2022, <laughs> but what we'll do is we'll backload it. Cause we know you're going to need some of that guaranteed 230 million, you know, essentially to, shut these yappers up, right? I mean, they're like, they're fucking in on it. Like, they are in on it. They're like, (laughs) how much are we going to need to make these women go away? And that's the part of the PR that I'm not sure they fully, you know, 
you know, the way the way America works, sadly, I mean, you know, I don't I, I don't know if it's changing or getting worse or backsliding. But like what we what we dealt with was so funny seeing Jan, Jack Kent Cook portrayed as a complete fucking asshole in the in the winning time. But what we went through with the Redskins, of course, was, you know, generations of like this seems a little rough. Like this is their name. Like what's going on? It just wouldn't just wouldn't change, wouldn't change, wouldn't change. And of course, part of the reason it wouldn't change is that America incapable of giving a shit if Native Americans are protesting at the game? Like, it just blow into the stadium, who cares? But if Cleveland gets a fucking serious protest from white women, like, this, this could be a fucking problem for Cleveland that they didn't think all the way through. Um, you know, and, and like, look, We've been through this so many times where you're like, you know, Cosby, oh my God, they're all telling the exact same story. Harvey, oh my God, they're all telling the exact same story, the level of detail. So you're like, okay, I don't know why the grand jury didn't feel like it could indict, but criminal justice system, that that's that has to be taken into account. But it, you know, when when he writes the checks, uh, you know. You're you're gonna have this this guy on your roster, and and the checks will kind of say, um, I made a mistake, I did something wrong, and I've paid literally for my sins. Now let's go win some games. I don't know. I don't well, know. it's exactly right. I mean, it, the the um, what it kind of plays as with them talking to willfully. I mean, obviously they didn't talk to the other side. They didn't talk to any of uh, of the victims. They talked to Deshaun's attorneys. And so what it plays as is a conspiracy. What they wanted was the ability to say, we did our due diligence. I don't know due diligence. I don't even know. <laughs> we just all accept what that we understand what that phrase means. What they felt they needed to do was create the sense that they had taken this very seriously and looked into we it. Spoke, but it We literally spoke to everybody who stood to gain from this deal. <laughs> That's exactly what it is. It's like they gave hit Deshaun's representation, gave the Browns. Here's what's going to happen. And here's the way to work around it. Pay him a million dollars to take the sting out of that. It's the difference between what the Brown statements are. It's like the difference between getting actual hardwood floors and getting those, those fake, that, you know, that artifice that people put down and then it bubbles up after a year and a half. And I think that, I don't know. I Maybe I'm... Uh, is, that, uh, is that called melamine? Melamine? Melamine flooring? You got a know, melamine I, floor. Hey, Cleveland, you got a melamine floor. If uh, melamine Jones comes out and protests the game, it's going to be a problem, but, though. Well, and I really anyway, do think... So, we talked about booable people last week on Minus 3, and it was a fun one. I really do think, how's that going to play if Browns fans are booing? And how long does that reasonably last? Will they cool down with that if... But I, I still don't think he plays the first couple of the, the, you know, the first six, eight games at least. And the only reason that they don't shut him down for the full season is because it's untenable from the owner side of things for Roger Goodell, um, whose bosses are the owners to uh, it's a, I, I don't know how, exactly how the NFLPA reacts. If it's like, wait, you're going to shut him down for a season. What, aren't you going to do something about Washington's owner? What about all that stuff, man? It's the same thing. I, I really, I, 
I think that's why Goodell can't really shut him down for a year while this thing hangs in the bow. What, what kind of deal? What kind of desperate move is this? You don't even know what the resolution of the Deshaun Watson stuff's going to be, but we know enough to guarantee two hundred thirty million dollars to the guy. It's crazy. There was, loco. A, there was a Saturday Night Live sketch. Spaghetti. This is so far before your time. This will be on the the old Manning podcast. But uh, Garrett Morris was was accused of shooting forty three people. And his defense was, I was cleaning my gun. That's what this Deshaun Watson thing feels like. It's like, okay, fucking, all right. Three times, seven times, nine, uh, 22. Uh, it's hard to hard to explain. It's like um, uh, Senator Larry Craig, you know, uh, uh, likely a closet case from Idaho. I, by the way, the, the Republicans like, make no effort to stay in the closet anymore. You know, like, it's like, Lindsay, Lindsay, we, we, we know, we know just, can you get a little further back into the closet? Cause you're, you're making us feel homophobic. Like we don't want to have to bring up that you're obviously gay because then we feel bad. Like it's a criticism and we're not trying to make it a criticism, but anyway, uh, you know, Larry Craig wandered into a bathroom and then, you know, started playing footsie with the guy next to him and said, I got a wide stance. I got a wide stance. <laughs> and, and I'm like, best and excuse the, of all time. This and, side and of Tony Phillips. Is, I mean, as somebody, delay, delay as Tony Phillips fucking, I would pass out if I made contact with a dude anywhere near the urinal. <laughs> I'm going to spread my shit out like I'm getting a fucking nice wide base. For this rebound, I'm going to get fucking real <laughs> wide. I'm going to get this rebound. So Larry Craig goes in wide base, plays footsie with the undercover cop. And the next thing you know, it's like, hey, uh, stop soliciting gay sex in bathrooms. Gay sex. I'm as mortified as you are. Anyway, but again, <laughs> Tony Phillips. Episode. Wait, Tony Phillips. Tony Phillips. They break into the motel room where he's uh, where he's smoking crack. And the cops find him with the pipe in one hand and the lighter already flicked. And he's about to light it. And his excuse was, I was holding this for somebody else. <laughs> keeping it warm. Keeping it warm. Don't play with glass, kids. But uh, so so at least with Larry Craig, you could say, OK, well, it wasn't 22 times he did the wide stance thing and was arrested. Like, you know, it, it, as implausible as his defense seems, at least it was one arrest. I mean, the the, the 22nd uh, um, story, it starts to get... So again, he's, you know, I think it, uh, my understanding, Spaghetti can maybe correct me on this, but like he's, he's tried to settle, right? But then some of the complainants so, right? are like, we're not signing an NDA. So then the negotiation becomes, what's it gonna cost... So I don't have to see you on Sally, Jesse, Raphael on Monday after I pay you a million dollars. You know, uh, it's like bizarre. But anyway, the Browns, the best case scenario, I mean, obviously for Sheck is uh, he just somehow blows on the field like that. that would be just like he's not whatever, whatever psychological trauma that he administered and rebounded onto him. It makes him horribly inaccurate. And well, way, not, I mean, now, Lord, that is a good roster for what it's worth. I hate, I, I, I do feel dirty talking about how good the Browns will be. So I can make a case for why they're not going to be that good is, you know, the year that Deshaun played before he missed last year, 
you know, they they weren't good. He's not a magician. He's not one of those guys, apparently, who just covers up all every wart on the roster. And by the way, in just pure football terms, once again, this jive about that the Chiefs aren't going to skip a beat that people are trying to talk themselves into right now um, without Tyreek Hill, that defense ain't loaded. You know, they're, they're not the Chargers offense is loaded and the defense is way better. Same for Denver. Now, Patrick Mahomes might be better than Russell Wilson, but is he that much better than Russell Wilson and the pieces that Russ has around him now, both at running back and at pass catcher, plus the defense? I really don't see a way. And obviously things can change in free agency in the draft, but the Raiders, you hear some of the names that they're chasing out there on the back end of that defense, you know, about the pass rush. Now they have Devontae Adams, who in college, at least Derek Carr and Devontae Adams made all sorts of hay. The cupboard ain't bare on offense there in Vegas. They really, the Chiefs could really go to last place. And I mean, well, as, how as, about this parlay? How about this parlay? Go ahead. Patriots, Steelers, Chiefs, last place. I love it. I we got it. Let's go, FanDuel. Let's offer up the last place options here because they. I, I I love pointing these out. Now, of course, I'll stay off the Steelers one. By the way, the Steelers not sexy signings until they get Honey Badger, but I QB some legitimate skepticism from football America about Mitchell Trubisky. I'll choose to be optimistic for obvious reasons with him, but that position aside, they're not flawed anywhere at this point to steal. I mean, they where they've been weak versus the, their uh, fellow AFC North bully is at the line of scrimmage. That's where they've lost out to the Ravens the last couple of years. They're now all uh, fixed up there and it's the Ravens who are inside. So I, I, I'm not, I'm not as down on, on the Steelers, uh, as uh, as I, I feel like a lot of people are in Pittsburgh and and out now. Well, let me ask you this because the AFC West, uh, it's and it's March. We should be talking football. Uh, the AFC West plays the NFC West this year. So you know the NFC West, you know, took won the crown. The NFC West, I think, you know, was the best division top to bottom. Won the Super Bowl, uh, but I think it, it, the NFC West. Due for a regression, obviously, Russell playing in the other other conference. But uh, I think we will literally get to see the head to head passing of the torch from last year's best division in football to this year's best division Mm. in football. And Chiefs could go 10 and 7 and finish in last place. Yeah, I guess that's also true, right? And by uh, and by the way, with the Niners, everybody is desperate to see Jimmy G get moved, including not a lot of Niners fans. If I put something on social media, a lot of people denounce him. Um, but I, I'm talking Niners fans. Will I? I don't know who's going to take him. You don't know anything about his shoulder yet. Oh, it's fine. No, no, the soldier, the 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 surgery was a success. So what? Well, when's he going to be back and ready to go? No one knows. So how could anybody trade for him? And I don't think the Niners want to trade him anyway. I know that that would take somebody taking the twenty million off the books, but I think ultimately they know. Yeah, this is good for us to have him because we still don't aren't sure about Trey Lance. Witness some of the rumors you hear about other QBs that they might be willing to look at. Odell Beckham's still out there. Is he the biggest name spaghetti now that Taron Armstead that's the other thing with Tyree killed to the Dolphins again line of scrimmage batters and I don't evaluate offensive linemen but I know enough to know that Taron Armstead is one of the best at the most important position at the uh, on the offensive line and Taron Armstead is now locked in there too I the Dolph I, I really think your Patriots are in a fair bit of trouble not that you're 
providing any pushback on that anyway. But <laughs> we're in total um, agreement. Now, um, is is right tackle the most important position on the line if your quarterback's left-handed? I have had this conversation for now a dozen years with Daniel Jeremiah. And he, because uh, I, I was always fascinated. I would rather know as a scaredy cat, you know, intrinsic scaredy cat going through life, Dave. I would rather see the trouble coming at me and try to adjust to it than like just, uh, then. I, I mean, I'd rather have it controlled. I'd rather know that the danger is in control in front of me. And then if you're going to hit me, don't let me see it. Like, kill me quick. Don't let me die slow. I can yeah. make a play if I see that, oh, that pass rusher has whipped the guy. Like, I can adjust to that. I can't do anything about it if he's coming down from behind me. You, so you I don't want to, yeah, you don't want to know you have a dentist appointment. You want the Corolla blow dart. To just, just knock you unconscious, and then That's you right. wake up with three fillings. That's you're right. like, what That's difference right. does knowing? It's an interesting take. Yeah. I, 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 I know I, what I see, and then I'll just get blasted uh, from the blind side. All right. So we're heating right. up with all the draft talk. We just had uh, our pal Will Brinson on. More QB league talk for you earlier in the week. The size of Kenny Pickett's hand. I, you know, I said to Brinson, and I say to you now, I hope Kenny Pickett is also working out his left hand. I hope he's not in such a rush to get the right hand stretched out that he ignores the other one and then winds up a circus freak. And speaking of that, then I was thinking like, what if his hand gets too big? What if by the draft or what by the time the season starts, what if his hand gets gigantism yeah. and then he can't, you don't hear about that as much, but that's something he, you ever see Sha uh, Shaq shoot free throws? Hands too big for the ball. Don't let that be you, Kenny Pickett. Another warning. All right. Speaking of basketball, now your thoughts on the Celtics here, Hench, in a okay. in a meaty Eastern Conference. Well, Do listen. you buy that they plus six fifty to win the conference in the teams? And by the way, the Bucks, after all the shakeup with Harden and, and Ben Simmons, everything else on FanDuel, the Bucks have reemerged as the favorite out of the East to to get to the finals. Well, it, first of all. No matter who, no matter what your team's record is or the run they're on, you you always want to have that feeling that you're sneaking up on people or that it would be a, a long shot or an upset. And like the, the Celtics are ruining any chance of sneaking up on anybody. They're just blowing teams out every night by 20 plus. And uh, so that's too bad. And then Nate Silver makes things worse. I don't know. He must really his his algorithm must put a, a lot of stock in point differential. Because the, the Celtics are number one in the Eastern Conference in point differential, and he has them favored 41% chance from his computer to win the East and a 27% chance to win the whole thing. So if if you're getting plus 650 on a team with a 41% chance to win the East, according to Nate Silver's computer, that's great money. That That's, that's a great bet. Um, obviously, I'm a little too emotionally tied up in it. To, to make a, a coherent uh, wager at this point. I will say this, so much of it is yet to be determined by the way the seeds shake out, all of which are still hugely in play, including a first round, Kyrie can't play in Toronto. They, they could easily drop that game. They fall into the next play-in game. They could end up, the Nets heat could be the first round game. Um, I, I do think every... The Bucks, Sixers, and Celtics are all trying not 
to finish first or second. So it's kind of comical. Like the other night, the Sixers benched Embiid and Harden and won. And you could see Doc going like, what the fuck are you guys doing? Hey, Korkmaz, stop draining threes. There's a reason these guys are in street clothes. We don't want to win this one because no one wants the Nets. No one wants any part of Durant at any point. But, you know, you, you'd like the Bucks to take care of the Nets in the first round. The bet that I just can't get, get rid of, I can't shake, I don't understand. I said it last week. Joel Embiid still minus 160 to win MVP. Giannis down to plus 800. By every statistical measure, Giannis is having a better season. They're scoring the same number of points per game. Giannis has slightly more rebounds, substantially more assists. Uh, they're ahead of you know they're ahead of the Sixers in the standings by a smidge. So this is like two teams are about to play, and you can bet on either side. The point spread is zero. One team is minus 160 and one team's plus 800. Like, I don't like why is boredom and that guy's already won it such a huge factor in the voting that Vegas has already given this to Embiid? There's no, and by the way, the other argument for Giannis is not one of those guys that is going to cast his vote for Embiid would take Embiid over Giannis. Not one of them. Every one of them would choose Giannis over Embiid and and half of them are going to vote for Embiid anyway. I don't I don't understand it. It is a, boy boy that's a good point too. Who is when I, you know, as a Steelers fan, I always knew got to avoid Tom Brady. You want to get to the Super Bowl, got to avoid him in January. Is there one team that you know that the Celtics don't get by? Um of the of those contenders in the East the, the Giannis problem is we just, I mean, Time Lord, Robert Williams has been incredible this year, um, the, but doesn't, nobody has the body really to deal with Giannis, but that's just not something we're prepared to deal with. You know, um, uh, you know, Middleton and Holiday are really nice players, but we have the perimeter defenders, I think, to, to contest that. But Giannis is, is the one guy uh, I, I would not favor them in that series. I would literally think, they would be favored against everybody else, including the Nets. Do you really? Wow. Yeah. That's a strong statement. Uh, by the way, where is it here? I uh, put down the, I don't know if uh, the listener will catch this one in time, but it is a late game for the East Coast. The Sixers playing the Lakers. The Lakers are playing at home now. They're a 10 point underdog. And I don't well, care what, I don't care what. I know LeBron is, I know the knee is, whatever. it's still crazy to look at. He's not playing. I don't care. That's, again, coma guy. Just think about well, the coma right. guy. Eight, think two, about three. if it was last June and you woke up like, wait, the Lakers are yeah. plus 10 in LA? What the hell? No, it's so, uh, But how about this? LeBron's going to win the scoring title. I mean, come on. Come on. This is insane. Like, he's going to break Kareem's record next year. And he will do it the year after he won the scoring title in his, what, 19th season? What year is he in? Well, I, I, I guess we saw Tom 2003, Brady. 2003. Dom, do, Tom Brady dominates the NFL in his mid-40s. But, yeah, I I have bad news for Cousin Sal and all the all the cynics out there. I do think yeah, – I'm assuming Anthony Davis is going to come back. I think they're going to – I think they're a factor in the West in, in a – Kind of soft West. I'm not backing off of that until they're, in fact, eliminated and buried in the ground for uh, the postseason. Well, hey, speaking of coming back, 
uh, I'm, I'm, uh, I'm, you know, I'm watching the ticker, I guess last night, maybe the night, I don't know. It's like, it's like Ben Simmons herniated disc, uh, still expected back for the playoffs. I'm like herniated disc. What kind of a contribution is this guy going to make with a herniated disc? And by the way, did this just crop up? Did he did he fall out of the Uber when he arrived in Brooklyn? Like, what? yeah, what the hell? This is this is an undercover story. Disc. I mean, you, I mean, you remember '66 uh, with the back problems, right? I mean, it's it's a killer. You can't like I don't like. I mean, it says like, look, we know the guy's hopelessly broken, both psychologically and physically. We just want James Harden out of here. Yeah, right. It's exactly right, and and. Um, I don't want to spend too much time on it because we still got to I want to get your Yankees thoughts and we got to do our best bets. But quickly, I, I just can't stop swooning as somebody who loves hockey. I can't get over these Wales conference playoffs. Eddie Spaghetti, he's, he's, he's sassy on social media. He likes to he likes to express sass in my direction because he thinks his blue shirts are going to take care of business against uh, Ricky Raquel and company when the puck is dropped in the postseason. Well, I don't know. I'm not that way. I, I can absolutely see. I could almost talk myself into the Capitals, but I won't. Seven teams could all go out in the first round or they could go to the finals. I really, I can't remember any sport where it felt this way. Can you? I mean, maybe baseball. I mean, the the crazy thing about it is it's almost true in the Eastern Conference basketball playoffs too. Like the depth of teams that could go to the the finals. Well, let's, let's, by the way, I I texted you guys uh, Tuesday night because I did bet on the Rangers coming they they really seem to be rounding into form as spaghetti knows and they hadn't given up a goal in 131 minutes and then against the devils the lowly devils they gave up five in 11 minutes i was like jesus i was feeling good but all right let's i texted spaghetti or i tweeted him and i said like look i know your game isn't going the way you'd like why don't you put on the penguins they're doing very nicely a lot of skill you might enjoy that and then he got like upset about it i'm like i'm just trying to do something nice for you you say I, I have would sass. like to see it good. You always I come you at me. I, was I, I never initiate the the trash talk. I like it's convenient how you come at me when they they blow a game versus the Devils after a two nothing. <laughs> they were dominating the Devils in the first period. I'm sure if Hench, if you're watching that, I mean they were they were crushing. He them. wasn't really good. And then, good. But, but then they uh, go but, but they go beat the Hurricanes in Tampa. They sweep Tampa this year, and uh, and they also blow, before that they blew a stinker to the the Islanders. The Rangers always do for a game like that. So, okay, uh, let yeah. me ask you this. First of all, we have to mention. Um, how many people, you know, we, we just get a little engagement from our loyal fans and uh, a lot of people sharing Spaghetti's view of Sidney Crosby. Very surprised that your your average man on the street, not a fan of 87. Because they're jealous. They're uh, jealous uh, of whatever. him. And uh, all I'll say is this. Look around at, you know, what it, what matters, what should be telling to you is who is on your side of any argument. Look around. You, you've, you've got, um, <laughs> Ted the, Cruz, Lindsey Graham, the, Josh right. Hawley, all the that's greats. Right. Look, yeah, that's right. You know what? It's the same thing. You know what? You know who's on the wrong side against the allies in WW2? Josh Hawley, Lindsey Graham, <laughs> Ted Cruz. <laughs> that's right. Listen, just remember. I really like Kim Mussolini didn't like, didn't like Pittsburgh either. Does that make it's you feel so better? Funny. Like it used to be like where it was like, you know what? You know what? It's good. It's good that we know these guys are racists. It's good. Get it out in the open. Get it out there. We should know who the racists are. And now I'm like, 
can we go back to the old way? It turned out not to be great. <laughs> it turned out not to be great knowing all the sitting senators who are fucking horrible racists. Like, that's not great. Can we go back to the 2022 hey, closet? Why don't you go back in the racist closet too? like fucking do we have to know what a complete piece of shit you are in all phases? Oh, my God. Such a disgrace. Really <laughs> embarrassing for America. Don't Woo. don't should be a state decision in a racial marriage. 2022. I mean, that's going to be rough for Clarence Thomas and his wife, Ginny. <laughs> When they hear that their out. beloved Republican Party has annulled their marriage, their love <laughs> bond. They, they bonded in true love, making life worse for people who have nothing. And now that marriage is going to be torn asunder by the modern <laughs> GOP as they execute women for aborting ectopic pregnancies. All oh right, spaghetti. God. So, right. so the blue shirts. Igor, Igor is not uh, probably going to win the Hart Trophy at, given his uh, his recent performance. But at least you have the New York Yankees, right? Hench, your thoughts on this? On this oh a scandal with I, with the New York really, Yankees? You know, Explain funny. it all to me because I'm dumb. Okay. I don't understand 21st century so technology. Emotionally, when the Celtics were scuffling, they went 25 and 25 through the first 50 games. Many a night during this basketball season, I was cheered up by how horrible the Lakers were. So, like, I'd have a bad loss on the East Coast, and I'd be like, oh, man, I thought the Celtics were going to be so good this year, and they stink, and I'd be all pouty. And then I'd watch Russell Westbrook, and I'd be like, oh, this is awesome. This is awesome. The Lakers are way worse than the Celtics. And the Yankees are kind of carrying me through this this spring in a similar way because, you know, uh, our, our local baseball team, the Dodgers, I guess – just signs everybody else's MVP now. That seems familiar. Hey, you know, like, by the way, nobody hates the Dodgers. I mean, Giants fans do, but like East Coast people come here. They don't hate the Dodgers the way like Celtic fans hate the Lakers. You know, just like the Dodgers kind of been getting hmm. away with it. But like, this is getting a little ridiculous when you They're just- only the evil empire in the Pacific time zone. People, it, it, it is neither here nor there to people on right. the other side you know, of, of sports America. It you, is funny. You you're sign right. every MVP in their prime. Uh, I mean, I appreciate the farm system, but when you just start plucking other people's stars, not as cool. But anyway, but now, so while I've been frustrated by the Red Sox signing 73-year-old lefty Rich Hill and uh, not, you know, making, not re-signing Eduardo Rodriguez, like losing pieces, not, but the way the Yankees, I didn't think the Red Sox were ever going to pony up for Carlos Correa. So I assumed he would end up in the Bronx. Not only does he not end up in the Bronx, but the Bronx, the, the Yankees help the twins create the financial flexibility to sign Carlos Correa. And like when I'm looking at those pieces like Josh Donaldson, like I think the Yankees are going to are going to I'm going to bet the Yankees under wherever that number ends up when they start playing baseball. Obviously, it'll probably be a percentage as opposed to a total wins given the shortened season. But um, but I think the Yankees are are going to not be very good. Spaghetti. And what about the scandal? I mean, what, uh, Spaghetti tried to address it. He tried well, to get this, it is the the thing. this is the problem with the scandal. OK, we we've already had the penalty set for caught red handed, admitted it. Nothing. So I don't know. So what's the, what's the like, what's this good? This letter is going to come out and it's going to say what? Yeah, we did it. Fuck off. Like there's no penalty. 
I mean, all it would say is like, so stop complaining about the Astros. That would be the total upshot of it. Right. And they already get booed like the Astros have gotten used to in the last year or two. Everybody, nobody likes the Yankees outside of New York or, or few people do. Well, um, I want to hear Spaghetti's thoughts on the on the uh, transactions. Well, I know he's upset. Go ahead. Why is well, it, yeah. what, what is Hal doing here? It's so it, it's so weird because he's one generation removed from his old man who like if things didn't work out in four minutes, he was changing things. It's, it really is weird that that's the, the progeny of George Steinbrenner running the show at this point. Right. They don't, they don't want to spend anymore. Uh, they're, I, I don't, the, the twins move was so bizarre to like, just like the Yankees are not, not that team to take on players. So another team can make their big splash. Like they're the ones that make the big splash. And I don't see how Donaldson helps line up at all. I know they had to get a short side that was better defensively than, than Glaber. I mean, the infield should be in the trade and trading away Gary. I understand there's like some guys in the minors, but, and I guess the pitching staff was like, Hey, Gary Sanders cannot play catcher defensively. Like I understand he may have the pop. He may hit 30 home runs. I love Gary. I mean, I've, Gary Sanchez was a Yankee since he was 16 years old, and we've been hearing about it forever since I was a kid. So it, it's definitely tough to see him go. But uh, like their their moves, like bringing in Josh Allenson and like and still wanting to entertain, bring back Brett Gardner, who's like 38 years old and not making any big splashes. And you're seeing these Dodgers become a super team. The Red Sox make a great move, bringing in Trevor Story, obviously Korea, who I didn't really want just for Astros reasons. Uh, he goes to the Twins. It's just. Yeah, I get it. The Yankees have Volpe. The Yankees have the Martian coming up soon. And, and you have uh, Steinbrenner's son saying that they're right now not a lot of cash going around. But it's uh, it's it's pretty bad. It's also bad, too, when the Mets owner, Steve Cohen, is is the better, more aggressive owner. And he's the owner that every Yankees fan wants. And, I, you know, Cashman has to make do with what he's allowed to do. But it's it's not a fun offseason. But this letter thing, I don't really care about either. I'm sorry, you got it. I, I would have thought you would have had more of like, you know, how. When uh, Donald Trump called Ted Cruz's wife ugly and then Ted Cruz was like, all right, now he's my guy. I thought that's how you would have been with Correa. Like, I just was like, all no. right, he's a piece of shit and now he's my guy. I don't care. No, I, I mean, I get now he's on my team. Whatever, right, that's fine. Go hit 40 bombs. Glaber's uh, defense is bad, but I still think like if his back comes back to what it was, you, I mean, having Donaldson, Glaber, DJ LeMahieu, Anthony Rizzo as your infield isn't terrible. Uh, you still have Judge, who's gonna who's allowed to play now, according to the New York City mayor. And uh, Stan, I mean, like the team isn't bereft of talent, and, and they obviously have guys who could hit the long ball. If Cole is Cole, and obviously Severino's going to come back fully healthy, they have capable, you know, arms too. They're not going to be a miserable team, but it's not an ideal offseason. Do you think Aaron Judge, like that? There's a fucking yoga routine that there's any way to keep that guy consistently healthy. Like, I just to me. He, he swings so violently, like the human body. It's the Saquon thing that I talk about. Like something is going to pop. And so now the Yankees are like, oh, we know what he's worth if he's healthy, but we can't give him that contract because that's never going to happen. So I, I feel like the Yankees delightfully are in another little bit of a pickle with uh, with number ninety nine. In hindsight, thank goodness Dave Parker and Dave Winfield never lifted weights, or that this would have been their fate. You know, Liability. like they, they, you need it doesn't liability. look right. Never looked right when those guys uh, they were so lanky. Certain guys maybe just too big to to be sluggers in the in the big leagues. Um, meantime, sings, hey, hey, who sings? Um, you know, uh, Good Morning Yesterday. I don't remember. They played You in, wake in, up. I know the song, yeah. And time has slipped, slipped away. away. Yeah. Okay, so and think about that song. 
uh, get that song in your mind. You wake up. Is it a Neil? Is it a Sadaka? Is it a diamond? Anyway, it might be a Neil. You wake up and time has slipped away. Now, so imagine that song. Now imagine a montage of Gary Sanchez jogging back to the screen after a pass ball. You wake up. <laughs> And time has slipped away. Guys are just running down to second. Sometimes they go all the way to third when he really jogs. Like another pass ball. Then it's like runner on third, one out. He's striking out. You wake up and time has slipped away. The fucking Gary Sanchez montage. What I I was so happy for Yankee fans. It was too much. I I, I agree with those pitchers who are like, this guy can't cannot play in the major league. I we'll we'll talk about it when there aren't so many other sports to kibitz about. But the idea that th- these people who hate the shift and and give excuses to the best athletes in the world who play baseball, the 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 0.0001% of people that that they refuse to accept the idea that if if the slugger would just bunt twice, no one could ever put the shift on him again. If he could just successfully place a bunt down, there would be, they would have to every league every team in the league would have to be like well we know we can't do that because we're just seeding first base him joey gallo joey gallo complaining basically saying hey man they keep putting guys where i hit the ball (laughs) it's the most ridiculous what am i supposed to do like i don't say oh i love oh it's so fun to watch guys bunt the ball like it won't last long it'll only be a couple games and it'll be like well can't do that anymore it's like the worst three-point shooter in the world makes his first two they go they fucking they go right out on him like he's Reggie Miller. Uh, yeah, it, it's a funny thing to like it'd be like a, a terrible free throw shooter, like lobbying for a rules change. Hey, man, this sucks for me personally. <laughs> so I can't make right. this fucking shot. Can we change the rules? Yeah, it, it is weird that, that they instead of like like, you know, Jeter, Jeter could literally hit any pitch the opposite way. It's like. Oh my God, that would have hit him in the orbital socket, but he punched it in a right field. Like it's just crazy. Like it's it's not impossible to learn to go the other way. But uh Joey Gallo would rather rather complain. Oh, not just him. Not just him. But listen, I it could always be worse, and where baseball's concerned, you could be a Pirates fan. Cabrian Hayes. O'Neal Cruz and $35 million, the Pittsburgh Pirates. What a broken, stupid sport already. What a ridiculous thing. How much, what's the highest paid baseball player? Is there anybody making 50K, 50 million a year at this point? There's got to be a guy making the entire Pirates roster this year. 35 million. Disgrace. Makes me sick. I I mean, during the, the troubles, you know, there really does need to be a hard salary floor. A floor, of course, of course, um, they better fix it. Hey, did you see this? It was down, it was was one of the stories. By the way, I love going to ESPN and then, uh, you know, you see your your big headlines there on the right side of the page. And then it's like, um, it's like UFC fighter so-and-so arrested on battery charges and then three headlines down, UFC fighter different guy arrested on battery charges. Feel free to put those headlines right on top of each other. Like you don't need to separate those. Like that, yeah. It just let's get all our UFC. Because UFC guys, UFC guys are like, hey man, I only know one speed. Whether I'm in the octagon or in a restaurant, this is how I behave. Like it's it's so insane. Contact sports are going to attract to some degree a percentage of, of people that are predisposed to that and like yeah. that stuff. I mean, that's that's the weird 
thing that we all get into. But anyway. So in that series of headlines, I click on the story about like rules changes, tweaks. And so the Players Association has agreed to this rules tweak that you can take when the pitcher is removed, he can stay in the lineup. So you can remove him. What are we um, doing? What, what are we doing at this point? Like, this get but I'm stupid. Like, wait a minute. Wait a minute. Everybody agreed to a rules change that is only going to help one team. There's only one guy that you want to stay in the lineup. Who who agreed to this? What wouldn't the wouldn't the vote be, you know, 93% against? Like, no, we want Shohei Otani out of the game when he hits 110 pitches. We we don't want his bat in there. Uh, you know, it's good for the game. Just keep him in the game. I, I was, well, I, by I, the I, way. That, that uh, one of the things I resent, I, I obviously I know the pirates stink and I'm not uh, such a dupe that I watch them be, or give them my money because they're not trying to win. Um, even though I'm from Pittsburgh, I'm not just some uh, buffoon of a person who, who abides by this sort of thing. Um, but I will say that the DH further uh, for what it matters, it does create a bigger margin between the haves and have nots. Cause you can, now that's an extra player. That's an extra bat that you have in the lineup and that the pirates aren't going to pay for and the good teams are going to pay for. They're easily going to throw extra money at having another nice bat in the lineup and the pirates won't. And this, the pirates will lose an extra one to 10 games as a result of that. All right, listen, good times talking about that. Now let's talk about college basketball and let's jump into it all with, uh, with the best news about March madness. You can protect yourself against upsets all this month with Bracket Parlay Insurance on FanDuel. Right now, all customers can get up to $25 back each day. If your parlay of three legs or more falls short, I like Arizona. I ha- I don't like Purdue. I hate Purdue as an Indiana graduate, but I do like the makeup of that team. But whatever team you like, you can build your own parlay based on the teams playing today. And uh, if you're listening to us right now, there is a game today. On Thursday, Friday, and of course uh, on the weekend too. Parlays are great because you can turn a small bet into a big payday and with the cash out, the ball's in your court so you can close out your bet whenever you want before the game's even over. And if you're new to FanDuel, all you have to do is sign up with the promo code MINUS3, the word MINUS, the number three. Then you can bet the rest of the bracket, all the rest of the tournament. Make sure you use the promo code MINUS3 on FanDuel Sportsbook. And fellas, let's get into it here. Hey, real quick, sorry to interrupt. Up, we got to get in a quick break. I'll start with you, Hench. Your best bets. Do you want to pick all these games, or you just want to throw out okay, your favorites um, of the of the groupings here? Well, we'll just see the uh, the ones I've been thinking about. Um, okay. You know, you mentioned Purdue. The 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 glass the slipper thing. Like when the glass slipper hits the wall, like it shatters. Like yeah. it's like this. So I, I think I'm seeing that at twelve and a half. I think that gets out of hand early and stays out of hand. So, so that number, you know, that, that number is, is, is based on two games that St. Peter's has played and, and, uh, you know, out of their minds. But I I think Purdue in a route lay, lay all that wood. Um, Now this is going to, this is going to conflict a little bit with my, my beginning of the tournament thing, which is like, I am not sold on Gonzaga. That said, okay, fucking Arkansas. They are rock throwers. That's what they do. 
So I bet the under, and I gave our faithful listeners the under in the opening round against my Vermont Catamounts. And these motherfuckers come out and every bricklayer is just like, you're like, every possession, you're like, that's the shot we want him to take. Good possession. That's exactly, that's the guy we want shooting. God damn it, they're making all of them. What is happening? They scored 75 against the Catamounts. Catamounts lose. I lose money. People who listen to me lost money. I was fucking furious. Round two against New Mexico State, this box score has to be seen to believe. Arkansas shoots 27.5% from the floor, 18% from three. Their point guard goes five for 18 with six turnovers. They win. They win 53-48. So of those two versions of Arkansas, I think the realer version is the bricklayers against New Mexico State. That team cannot hang with the Zags. And I'm seeing that number as low as eight and a half, as high as nine and a half. Get it, get it at nine. Give the points. Gonzaga, they they play fast. They get a lot of possessions. And uh, you know, as I've been saying, work hard, play hard, nem hard, because that guy's that guy's the real deal. Uh, and and I think Gonzaga uh, pulls away and wins by double digits in that game. Um, the game, you know, I have UCLA plus 2,800 to win the whole thing. So so I will start henching my bets. As did I my LA push back and t- giving you USC? Who did that work out for better? You, oh, it worked out better for you. Sorry. None of my. I did have them in the Sweet 16. But uh, so, so uh, that number is three and a half, I believe. UNC getting three and a half. Um, and uh, so I'll hench it. I'll, I'll, I'll down to two and a half now down to two and a half. I should have henched it before we started recording when I saw that extra point. Uh, anyway, I'll hench it dream for the middle dream for the use dream for Johnny's Juzang winning it at the buzzer by one. Um, but, uh, I do feel like UNC kind of exposed against Baylor, but they, you also have that, um, you're, you're playing with house money. Like when that game went into overtime, not only was Baylor definitely going to win, they were definitely going to cover the five and a half. And somehow UNC lived to fight another day and get their guys back. Um, although I will say, so I, anyway, I, I I have UCLA to win it all. I would take UNC for me personally, emotionally as a hench. Um, the game that I also took Texas Tech to get to the final four. And now I have to, you know, everyone's a hero when they're filling out their bracket. And now I really have to put my money where my mouth is and, and take a team that's so physical and defends against a team that's very skilled. And, and which of those, those two attributes wins out. You know what? I'll take Texas tech against Duke. I'll live a little. Aren't you fun? I like that. By the way, I went, uh, I went to Solvang um over the weekend so i missed a fair amount of games but i did live the dream got to sit there middle of the day with some booze game on and a game on the screen with with my wife yeah with with my number one lady yeah with my wife there for a second there i thought it was the dream and then you said well i was there with my wife oh okay (laughs) that's a dream of sorts Okay. No, Sal, Harry, and I went out wine drinking up in Solvang. We we, we didn't think you'd be interested, oh so we didn't invite you. 
<laughs> yeah, no, it was uh, it was good times. But then I got back and I, I said did the old man quick review of the couple of days worth of ball from from your perspective. He's like, Some of the worst basketball I've ever seen. You see that Wisconsin game? Worst game I've ever watched in my life. Now, of course, he's hyperbolic about things. So maybe there would be some other games that he would think are, the, are worse than that one. But um There have been some stinkers out there. I'm going to go to Puck, first of all, with the best bet. Friday night, I love this matchup between the Predators and the Golden Knights because Evgeny Dadunov, if you didn't hear, um, now the NHL stepped in and said, no, no, that deal's off. You can't trade him to the Anaheim Ducks, uh, Las Vegas. So now Dadunov is back in in with Vegas. And Nashville, I think they're within two points of one another in the standings and, and the Knights ain't going to make the playoffs. I've been saying for a month now, like watch are, is Edmonton really with the top two scores in the league going to miss the playoffs. I think they have probably with their recent play, although then they did lose a couple in a row, but um, as I told you, they would right, Eddie spaghetti. I told you that uh, the stars would uh, take care of business against them. Um, but I do, but the Oilers are going to make the playoffs, but the Knights ain't going to make it, which is a story too. I know they have uh, a bunch of guys down, but still they've since, the, the you know since their incarnation they've been a cup contender you know um, they're gonna miss funny? the plan you know what'd be funny is if uh if dadnoff gets back he's got a much shittier locker assignment just <laughs> in the time he goes to put his shit in his locker like yo you're way down over the, you're way down there now well i was just yeah someone snagged it i mean i i, I as somebody who's conflict adverse i just can't imagine walking back into that building because it's him it's a, it's a no trade thing he's like i'm not signing the no trade thing which is an indictment of anaheim but also um as a organization and as a town versus las vegas but i also i would just like let it go through just because i wouldn't want to have to walk back into the building i just wouldn't want to be like oh hey, hey yeah how's the last few days been for you uh seth like good f jenny I just wouldn't want to let, I wouldn't want to deal with it. But anyway, the Preds are playing well. They're tracking in the right direction. The Knights, the opposite. I say take the Preds minus the goal and a half. Uh, that pays out nice and juicy. Plus 235 if that hits. So uh, so do that one. And I think Arizona, number one seed, has gotten its scare. They really can make a strong case. Should have lost that game. Um, obviously, um, I think that they take care of the Houston Cougars who are the only thing that spooks me about that is that it's that, that they're only laying a point and a half. Doesn't that feel like they should, that should be a much bigger margin. Um, so I'm going to take Arizona and I do like, you know, Sal and I were talking on extra points the other day about it. And when you watch Arizona, they feel, they, it feels like, how many times did they lose this season? Because it doesn't seem like they should have, given just the, like, a five-man, you can put five guys on the floor, and they put those five on? What five student-athletes beat that, that five? It's weird when you watch them. It's crazy because you can't, you know, you can't, you're up three. TCU's up three. TCU played the game of its life. It's That's the game of the tournament so far. Poor and, Jamie Dixon, once again, snake-bitten. And, and, and you can't, you're up three, you're on defense, you can't foul with 13 seconds left. Obviously, I'm a big believer, and it's the correct thing to take the foul as opposed to trying to survive a three-point attempt. You can't take that foul with 13 seconds left. But what you can definitely do is not go under the screen. I mean, Mathern just ends up getting such a good look, and I got to say, tip of the cap, 
down three, you're the huge favorite. No matter how good the look is, that's a pressure fucking shot. I that thought we had what we were talking about. Or, you, you know, this is it. And he just drained it. Uh, he's an That's when player. you got the curse of Sposta. You're the Pac-12 player of the year. And oh your team's God. about to lose to to bum nine seed TCU. And, the, and, and he didn't make it. I mean, that was as sweet Dead a three as you'll ever see. Perfect. Right. Uh, your dad was right, uh, certainly about the Wisconsin-Colgate game and about a lot of, of terrible basketball. But my favorite terrible basketball play of the tournament thus far. Okay. So, I don't know. You were drinking wine with, with your alleged number one gal. Whatever. We'll say it. Well, for the podcast, we'll say number one. Um, <laughs> Thank so, you. So, um, Eddie, so, Eddie and I are watching basketball because it's our job and we take it seriously. Mm. But uh, so, so, North Carolina – you know, the guy gets tossed for the elbow. I, I, you know, yes, he, he connected, but I, I, I'd like there to be something short of throwing the guy out of the game. I don't know. It, it swung the game, obviously. 25-point lead, gone. Um, so <laughs> this is at the end of OT, I believe. I think this is at the end of OT. Tar Heels up six with the ball. 55, 54 seconds left. 21 seconds on the shot clock. Leaky Black, who has who has led the comeback from in front by getting trapped in every corner. The, 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 the UNC, I don't know if Hubert Davis has run a press break once in practice. UNC, it was like they'd never seen a press before. It was like, whoa, 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 you're allowed to guard us. You can just come guard us right when we're trying to inbound it. This is bullshit, man. So Leaky Black just dribbles into the corner every time, loses the ball. Baylor's Joey Votto in the lineup there. Like, wait, I don't think this doesn't work for me. You shouldn't be allowed to do it. <laughs> Baylor, Baylor is scoring and then scoring five seconds later because UNC can't break the press. So Leaky Black has already uh, uh, leaked many a possession. He's, he's now once again trapped himself, this time in the front court with the sideline and the half court acting as two additional defenders. And the trap is coming toward him. 21 seconds on the shot clock, up by six, less than a minute to play. It, don't even take a shot. If you can just dribble, just run the shot clock out, you'll be up six with 32 seconds left in the game. So Leaky, <laughs> Leaky has a thought. Leaky, Leaky sees Baycott open under the basket. And in fairness, he was wide open. The trap at half court had left someone open and that guy is right under the basket. So Leakey pulls back and he whips the ball to a wide open guy under the basket. The fucking pass hits the top of the backboard. It <laughs> was the worst, worst it, it, pass a, in basketball so history. Worst pass in basketball history. Now it, and I, I played it back. I got every angle. I took still pictures of the screen. I just, I, this, this crime has to be a really gift of a murder board. 21 seconds of the shot clock. He sees Baycott. He whips it off the backboard. Baycott doesn't ju- like Baycott like gathers himself. Cause he thinks he might, you know, this might be an alley-oop. He doesn't even jump. He's, he's like, he's going to low what? Charles it. Yeah. He's but like, no, well, that, that ball's going to hit the shot clock. So it doesn't <laughs> hit the shot clock. It hits, you know, two inches from the top of the backboard. It caroms 
and literally starts the break for Baylor. Like it hits the backboard and Baylor is going the other way. Like Leaky, it literally would have been better if you shot a hook shot at the other team's basket. Like anything would have been better. So, so anyway, um, maybe, maybe Hubert Davis has been working on game situations all week, but uh, that, that would have been, that would have been the worst loss in terms Ooh, of history. That is a good observation for the old Manning cast, the upcoming podcast with me, Hench and Sal um, is uh, the two worst passes in basketball history, both involving North Carolina wrong way. Freddie Brown in 1982 throws the ball to James worthy. Who's 10 feet behind him <laughs> near none of near none of uh, his actual teammates wrong way. Freddie, that Brown. would be a fun, uh, just to get the physics of it, because even though it hit James Worthy in the hands, still probably closer to a tar he, uh, to, to to a uh, Hoya um, than than Leaky Black's pass. I mean, only the backboard kept Leaky Black's pass from going into the mezzanine, <laughs> injuring uh, somebody. Right? Now, hey, for the old man, old Manning podcast. Um, so I'm loving winning time. I finally, I finally cracked it open really, you know, as a Laker hater, but I love LA. So, you know, I, I love John the, C. Riley is I, awesome. Oh, unbelievable. Right. So good. Um, but like it's put me back because I remember being confused by it, even as it happened, I rooted for Indiana state in that tournament against Sidney Moncrief against Magic Johnson, because the guy was already a Celtic. I was like, Right. He's he's already a Celtic. Like, why do we know this? How is this possible? And then I, you know, I read up on it and it's like he was in his fifth year since high school. So he was eligible for the draft. And all the Celtics had to do was make sure they signed him or or another team could have drafted him. And then they got rid of that rule. Obviously, they're like, this is nuts. People will draft Ralph Sampson in eighth grade. Like you can't like whatever. So um, so I'm looking at that draft. So Magic goes number one in seventy nine. What year were you born, Spaghetti? 2011. I was born in uh, May, May 9th, 1992. Okay. So a little before your time then. So Magic goes number one in the 79 draft. And I like that they tried to create some drama by pretending that everybody didn't know Magic Johnson was going to be the number one overall pick. Like, he's a 6'9 point guard with eyes in the back of his head. I like, Yeah, he's going to go number one. But anyway, uh, but Bird went number six the prior year. So I looked up Bird's stats his first two years at Indiana State, you know, because sometimes guys like they figure it out or, you know, like they make a big leap. And it's like, nope, Larry was like 33 and 11 and shooting 54 percent his first year at Indiana State, then like down to 30 and, and, and 10 and a half shooting 52. But like his his basketball card reminds me of Cooper Cup just doing the exact same thing in the NFL that he did it in Eastern Washington. Cause like you're at Indiana state. Obviously that might not translate to the NBA. Nope. Exactly as great. Anytime he's on a basketball court. But what it, the thing that it made me think about was so number one pick in the draft, Michael Thompson, number two pick in the draft, Phil Ford, number three pick in the draft, Rick Roby, number four pick in the draft, Michael Ray Richardson, number five pick in the draft, Purvis short, Number six pick in the draft, Mr. Auerbach, we're going to take Larry Bird. Did the first five teams go, wait, you can fucking take Larry Bird? (laughs) I bet you they did. I bet you they figured out like Belichick, some loophole in the system that allowed them to do that. We we don't want Purvis Short. We didn't didn't know we could take Larry Bird. We took Purvis Short with the pick before Larry Bird. 
And yeah, it's like, I mean, this happens every once in a while in like a keeper league or a roto draft where it's like, that guy's not eligible. What? They got him for a dollar. Fuck it. The league's ruined. You know, it was literally in real life. Red Harper goes, we'll take Larry Bird. And I'm sure some GM got ripped for not knowing that that was his fifth year from high school because he transferred from IU and we could have had, we could have had Larry Bird and we drafted fucking Rick Roby. You're fired. Rick Roby and Purvis Short are the are the names. Because the other ones ain't too bad. That you, no, that it's, it's not, and Purvis Short wasn't a, a bad player either. Uh, Roby, who ends up on the Celtics, fine, and, right. gets, and then gets traded. He gets traded for Dennis Johnson in another crime of the century. But uh, I, I, it, it's amazing to think about NBA history through the lens of that 78-79 draft. So the Celtics take Bird a year before he comes out. And then the Lakers take Magic. And that that takes care of all of basically 1980s NBA history. And then the Bulls, by losing that coin flip for Magic, they take David Greenwood. They still stink. So they have the number three overall pick in 84. Blazers are like, hey, man, we've already got our two guard. We've got Clyde Drexler. So we're going to take Sam Bowie. It is what I always point out to people about that. Like people say, oh, I wish, you know, Steelers fans will, will lament like, Dade, we should have taken John. You know, we had Johnny Unitas and let him go. And we had Lenny Dawson and we let him go. And we should have taken Dan Marino when he was sitting there like, yeah, you understand if you if that happens. Haven't you seen the Terminator? If you if you do that in the past, then it interrupts the future from that point forward. You got to be well, mindful of that. If Lenny Dawson were on the Steelers, then the 70 Steelers never happened. Well, and probably I don't about, walk the earth. About magic is like, they make the point in the show. Like, it's like, we've already got Norm Nixon. We don't need a point guard. It's like, don't think the magic is a positionless unicorn. Don't just don't, don't think you have a point guard, but even more so the idea that you wouldn't want Michael Jordan and Clyde Drexler on the court together. Like, Obviously, they can all guard. They can both guard point guards. They can both play the three. They would just be two unguardable guys. Sam Unless Bowie. you're taking your QB. Of course, this is great advice for all NFL draft teams right now. Do not look at like we're all set there. That's what the Cleveland Browns did, by the way, in 2004. Oh, no, we, we, we've we got uh, who did they just resign? Trying to think of who they had. It's a it's a laughable name when you see it. It's not Tim Caltrey, they, but whoever it is, they they're like, we just resigned this quarterback. We're we're good there. We're taking Kellen Winslow Jr. instead of Big Ben Roethlisberger. Um, and I also do think, like, I wonder in '79 if the NBA is in a place at that point where you look at or college basketball, I guess more that you look at it that because I don't think it exists in 2022 that. College, you would look at, be skeptical of Indiana State and be like, who are they playing? Who, who's he playing? He's playing. He's playing a bunch of high school kids. Play, you know, guys that wouldn't make it in the Big Ten or something like that. I, w- I wonder if there was a fair amount of well, it, well, skepticism about, about Bur- who Bird was doing it against. With I mean, the there is. I mean, obviously, there are a lot of examples of Jimmer Fredette types who are just yeah, lighting right. it up against you know uh, crappy players. You know, Bird's was six nine, so. You know, he's that I, I mean, I, you do wonder. I mean, at, at that point, there is game film. Um, another interesting thing from that draft, and this 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 is too deep a dive, but you know, Dick Vitale coached Detroit Mercy uh college, and the Pistons in round two of that 78 draft draft Terry Tyler and John Long, both from Detroit Mercy. 
And it was a time where you would actually be more familiar with players who played in your town. Like you would just know more about those guys. And Terry Tyler played 14 years, or John Long played 14 years in the NBA and Terry Tyler played 11 years in the NBA. It almost reminds me of the Celtics with Bob Cousy and, and Tommy Heinsohn from Holy Cross. But like now it doesn't matter if a guy is playing on the Lagos, Nigeria reserve team, you've fucking broken down video. Like you have seen him do everything. There are no, there's no more hidden secret. We know about this guy, but they don't. I mean, even Luca, Remember when they were like, they were talking about Luca, 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 and you're like, how good can this guy be? And again, who's he been playing against? Oh, he's fine. He's fine. Um, Eddie Spaghetti, this has been a good little like 10 minute uh, dive, a little test of uh, old Manning cast. I feel like you don't love it, or do you? Uh, I'm sure for a certain sect of <laughs> listeners, uh, they'll they'll enjoy a bunch of old dress. No, it's 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 fine. I mean, I I have to start watching Winning Time. I've not watched it yet, but I am interested in the. Uh, the but do you care later. about the old stuff here? Let's play this game right now, Hench. Okay. But you have to answer it honestly. You can't okay. don't reveal anything, Spaghetti, with your face. Okay. Does has Spaghetti seen the Freddie Brown, the James Worthy pass? In his life, yes. is he aware of it? Yes, he is. Oh yeah, I'm going to say classic ESPN classic. I'm going to say no. I'm going to say no. Eddie Spaghetti, how say you? If I could YouTube the highlight, I'm sure I could figure if I've seen it or not. I have. I don't. But I, I. It could be one of those things where I've seen it, but I didn't know what. Like, We're going to have to give Shaq the uh, point on that one. Isn't it funny? Because everybody remembers the glory. That's this is a great way of rem- when I say bad call or something. We nobody remembers anything around it except the one glorious moment. That's all. Michael Jordan makes that shot. Spaghetti's aware of that. He's seen that a million times, but he's not aware of the wrong way. Freddie Brown thing, which really decides the game. Sleepy Floyd was it was dominant. He was as good as Patrick Ewing was out there. Ewing was the revelation, but Sleepy Floyd was legit as well out there for Georgetown. I like those uniforms better than what they went to as well all right enough spaghetti lay it on us your best bets and then we go about our business for the rest of the week sure i could speed through these um for college basketball quickly and this is all thanks to our pal tate frazier and doug gottlieb who's just on uh, against odds with sal this morning um i do have gonzaga and our ep bracket so i need them to win to not pick out of the cap of consequences I'll let megan gailey do that uh he doug said this morning that he likes Arkansas to cover this game, but uh, Gonzaga to still win and Providence to cover, uh, but lose to Kansas. So those are just two big numbers, and this this tournament's been pretty zany. I also like UCLA to cover the two and a half and beat North Carolina. The ending of that Baylor game was kind of shaky, and they have a ton of losses this year. North Carolina, I think they're kind of playing above what they're supposed to be in this tournament. Um, Pitt beat them by a dozen in UNC like three weeks before the tournament, which is crazy. Yeah, so uh, I gave it a bunch of NHL bets um, yesterday, uh, or two days ago, rather, for the, the Wednesday night game. So I could run through the Thursday ones quick if you want to put some money line. There's a couple locks, I think. I think Philadelphia going to St. Louis is a lock. St. Louis at home. I think Vancouver going to Minnesota, a lock. The Wild at home. And I think Chicago going to L.A. to play the Kings, that's also a lock. Uh, the Kings to win at home. If you want to place those. And I'll round this out with uh, a couple NFL futures here, just because I know it's March, but with all the movement going on, you got to lock these in now. Uh, I don't understand how a team that was in the Super Bowl is only plus 220 to win the AFC North. The Browns are leading it, obviously, because of Deshaun Watson. But like you point out, if he's missing six to eight games, if not more, 
not sure if they can kind of win that division. Uh, I don't really think the Steelers are going to be any match to win it with with their current situation at quarterback, even if they do draft a rookie. And then it's basically a coin flip between who you like better, Baltimore or Cincinnati. But when you look at what the Bengals in the offseason, they had one major issue, and that was protecting Joe Burrow. So what do they do? They go out and get Lyle Collins. They go out and get Alex Kappa, and they go out and get uh, Ted Karras to play center. Like, they filled their huge need, and their team is all full of young guys who are going to be there forever, and I still think Joe Burrow is only going to get better. I like the Bengals win that division right now, and I think before we see any other changes, go lock that in at plus 220. And this one's a little bit out there, and I, I know that Check definitely won't agree with this because he has another team. But with all the movement in the AFC West with the Chiefs, they're still favored plus 150. The Chargers are plus 240 to win the division. The Broncos are plus 280. It's not a bad one. But plus 600, the Raiders, who, again, you could argue had the best. They got Chandler Jones to help out Max Crosby. You're going to bring Devontae Adams. Josh McDaniel's system, this is something Will Brinson was saying. He thinks Derek Carr's going to light it up in his system. They somehow weathered the storm of all storms last year with all the off the field issues, including Gruden and and rugs and all that. Um, you know, this it's a new regime now there, and I think they have enough pieces to to be competitive. And I I I, I could find flaws with the other teams. I'm certainly obviously you can with the Raiders too, but I don't see a reason why you couldn't put some money down on the Raiders right now to win the the, the AFC West because I think, I think it's a great bet. Yeah. Of course, I think that's a great bet. Josh McDaniels figures is a, to, to be an upgrade from the mess of last year. But as far as that goes, that's the a good piece of evidence against what you always hear about, like, can't have locker room distractions, can't have all that stuff. The Raiders overcame that stuff. Um, but this is a great test for the Browns, for Stefanski on down. Like, you always hear that. We can't have the district, can't have people asking the uh, Colin Kaepernick's teammates about the kneeling. It's just not, that gets in the way of football. Um, if that's true, then the Browns are in for a mess. Like, and that's a legit factor. Like how screwy is it going to be? Like, I don't want to, I don't like, cause some, there are definitely some guys in the locker room that are going to be like, I wish this guy wasn't on our team is all it takes is one guy to say that into the microphone one time. Right. If one guy's like, I don't like this, then it's going to be a mess for the rest of the or and the regular. Anyway, I, I like, like that, that Bengals bet. And I tell you, because you check when you said it, it makes sense. But I think that quarterback, that receiving core, if ever there was a team that seemed built to defy the Super Bowl loser hangover, it's that team. Because I suspect, you know, part of the Super Bowl loser hangover is that you played deeper into the season. You had a shorter offseason. Super Bowl teams might traditionally be guys who are, you know, deeper into their careers. That team got there ahead of schedule, and and I like that plus two twenty. I may have to go nibble on that. All right, you do you. You guys do you. That's that's fine by me if you want to go do that. They did beef up the offensive line, which was their uh, which was their liability. I mean, he won a game January. where he got sacked nine times. All Imagine right. if he was upright. I'm not a. I'm not looking at anything other than just the history of being the Super Bowl runner up, and they, you know, for what it matters, they catch the first place schedule and all that. Then people are not going to be surprised by them. All those factors are. It will be a little bit different for them. Um, but all right, wait. We have more. We have plenty of real estate to talk pro football, and everything's going down. It's all happening, fellas. Basketball, hockey, college basketball, and the rest of us. We appreciate you subscribing and spreading the good word about minus three and the extra points network to your friends and to your enemies too if you hate the show really what's worse than imposing the voice you're listening to right now on them 
think about that. Um, and have a great weekend. We'll be back on the other side of it to help break down what we just saw there. Great stuff from Kevin Hench, Eddie Spaghetti. Great stuff from Will Brinson earlier in the week. Go listen to all the shows on the Extra Points Network. And until next week, thanks so much, sports fans. It's been a thin slice of heaven. <laughs>